0: Algar Algar Productions. This show, as well as all the other shows put out by Algar Productions, now has a Patreon. For a modest pledge, you can get access to our show notes, see extra pictures from our cover photo shoots, and even get access to episodes of our show that haven't been released publicly yet. Seriously, for every one episode we released, we're putting two in the can. This ends up being a lot of bonus material. We've even set up a higher donation tier that allows you to choose a Terry Pratchett-related thing for us to review beyond the scope of the Discworld books. Go to patreon.com slash Algar, that's A-A-L-G-A-R, for more details. Thanks in advance for your support. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month we're discussing book four, Mort. Let me tell you what happens in Mort. Do that. The Death of the the, 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 the death of the Discworld takes on an apprentice, a 16-year-old boy named Mort, who decides to take matters into his own hands when a beautiful princess is assassinated.
1: Or is she? No, she is. Or when?
0: (laughs) Or when the assassination. (laughs) Yes. So this one, as we briefly discussed at the end of our last Mm -hmm. episode, is typically like a lot of Discworld people say, this is the first good one, this is a good Mm -hmm. entry point, and so forth. I kind of agree with that, Amanda really does not. It's
1: a good entry point. I understand why people would think that because this has a lot of Terry Pratchett's humor and storytelling skills. It introduced like we've met Death before as mm-hmm. a character, but this is the first time he gets a good sort of meaty skeleton y role. And uh,
0: he's a broad enough character that any time you meet him in any book. For like for the first time, it's fine. You don't have a lot of backstory. You need right. It's death. He's a skeleton grim reaper who takes your soul when you die. Yeah, like that's all you need to know going in.
1: But he's one of the really great reoccurring characters in mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett's work, so I can see why people would be like, "Yeah, this is the one." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not bad. Like i I was talking about some of the things I disliked about it, mm-hmm. but that's we'll not get into those. yeah. But that's not like I wasn't like spending this whole time going no why am i reading this and
0: as we record this we're really blowing through these books we have recorded this well in advance of yeah. when you're hearing it because we're excited and you haven't lost that momentum like you're still excited to be reading this
1: yeah i am I- i'm sure we're going to hit one soon that takes takes a minute to finish because i'm um, dilly dallying i'm
0: worried that might be the next one but i also remember very little about it uh,
1: me too i re- i conflate sorcery and um equal rights in my head quite a bit mm.
0: yeah i most of the things i thought i remembered yeah. i think i do the same and now i don't re- know what i remember about the next yeah. one because there's nothing left to remember that's why i think i might get stuck on it if it was completely unmemorable mm-hmm. that means it probably wasn't any good
1: yeah I, I think that one's kind of boring i think it's sort we'll of say. like equal rights except there's no good characters in it
0: yeah we'll, we'll get to that obviously yeah. next time though but this time i mean there is a lot of good stuff here.
1: There's a lot to like, and mm-hmm. I don't want it to sound like I this was a miserable slog for me, because it mm. wasn't. I finished this like I ate it up. It's a really yeah, quick read.
0: It is. And it is a good first book if you've never read the series before, and it really is where... like Death appears in every single Discworld book. He's the only character that appears in all of them. Right. But this is the first time in book four where you really get a sense of him as a character instead mm-hmm. of just as sort of a force of nature. There's a lot of the quirky stuff about him that gets expanded upon later, I think.
1: Well, he's actually my good thing. Okay. Um, well, let's is, get into that. Yeah, this is something that, like, I mean, you could pick death in in like half of the books. You could pick yeah. him as your good thing, because he's rad. Yeah. But he comes through pretty fully formed mm-hmm. here. Like, we'd met him a tiny little bit before, but in this, he... This is what he's like throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the series. He's um, duty-bound to perform the duty as they call it right (laughs) what's funny about his duty Mm -hmm. um uh of you know taking souls and sending people onto the afterlife and all that um but he's also fascinated with humans and life and the things humans can do uh and every time he tries to do them he kind of does it wrong
0: yeah i mean we've already gotten a little of that with his house and Mm -hmm. the grounds his house are on we we spend more time there but we've seen those in previous books where it's like everything's not quite right and they mention in this book that they again yeah they terry pratchett yeah um it
1: feels like it was written by a writer's room it
0: does but uh one of the characters mentions that death can't create and so everything is sort of copied and it's sort of filtered through Mm -hmm. this not entire understanding of of what humanity's actually like
1: yeah it's he's he's Building things on descriptions he's heard of feelings that he doesn't himself possess. Or
0: modeling things after things that he's seen yeah. with no sense of context.
1: Um, but it's not like every once in a while it's described as kind of spookity, but mostly it's not mm. described as spookity. It's kind of described as sad. Just lifeless
0: like, and not no pun intended, but there's no spirit to it there's no essence you know
1: no glands right as a, i yeah. love that yeah, that's a, that's
0: the thing that comes up here first and it will come up a lot later is all of your attachment to your life mm-hmm. all of the things you were angry about and passionate about mm-hmm. that go away because you're leaving your body where your glands are that make you feel those things yep. but you still feel things
1: yeah, just not that passionate right. gut response. But I don't just mean like um, that they seem haha lifeless. Mm-hmm. I mean that it's sad because he's trying so hard right. to do them because he wants to. He's interested. He's engaged. He just doesn't have the necessary like, yeah. plug to fit that. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. Like, we all have something uh, where yeah. we're like, I understand this as a concept seems great. I don't. Feel it at all? Well,
0: all of the sequences of him going and having Ooh, fun.
1: Yes, there's one here actually that I want to. Oh, are you to gonna shoot to back? Because I
0: keep reading passages to you that remind me of you. Yeah, are you yeah. gonna? <laughs> you gonna fire back at me on that? Uh,
1: maybe, maybe a skosh. Yeah, that's this fine. One, this one, definitely that's fine. I got to coming in mind of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, death is at a uh, a party at a ball, and he's yeah. There's doing a, a dance. Like
0: he, he, he. he Hands things over to his apprentice, mm-hmm. and he goes off and tries a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. And there's a sequence of different things. I think this is the first
1: one. Yes, and so this is also a little mask of uh, Mask of the Red Death, or whatever.
0: They've already refer mm-hmm. they again. Terry Pratchett. Uh, that's already been. Man. That's already been referenced. I'll just use the passive voice, that yeah. I can't mess it up. Uh, that's already been referenced at least once in one of the previous books, yeah. where he's just like, "I was at a party." Yes. You know, so.
1: so, anyways, this is this is him at a party. Mm-hmm. What is this fun? This is, to kick vigorously is fun. Well, part of the fun, kick. To hear loud music in hot rooms is fun, possibly. How is this fun manifest? Well, it, look, either you're having fun or you're not. You don't have to ask me. You just know, all right?
0: Yeah, that is, that is me. I think
1: you and I have had that conversation.
0: More than once, yes. No, and, and I like the whole sequence. Like there's a bunch of different things of him going uh going fishing at one point. Mm-hmm. And there's some great uh uh wordplay joke where he's going fly fishing and before that we see him in his study prepping for it. Right. Uh and I really like the choice of phrase where he's he's putting the flies together and uh the Terry Pratchett explained, like describing this monster of a fly, and he called it the fly in the primordial soup, yes, which was so good. an excellent choice of words, I thought.
1: There's a lot of great wordplay in this one. Yeah, this one, like I liked Equal Rights a lot more mm-hmm. as a book. Mm-hmm. I thought that that had a better plot and better characters, but this one was a lot funnier. See, this I, is the funniest one I so think far. I think they're about
0: equal to me. I think they're they're roughly the same. I mean, I like granny more and I'm more invested in where she goes later but in and of itself of her in that book I think I like these about the same and you had this is your bad thing you had a you had a oh no I guess you changed it I changed it okay you had originally said the character of Mort.
1: Oh, I don't like the character of Mort at all. Really? We start out actually kind of strong, like because I remember not caring for Mort's character, and mm-hmm. then I was reading it, and I'm like, well, this is all right, because his whole thing is that he's kind of, um, kind of a day, like at the beginning of the book, he's kind of very, he's very curious about things that aren't super practical, mm-hmm. and he's a bit yeah. of a daydreamer. There's a, there's a
0: bit of that where we had that with Rincewind yeah. as well. But it's in a different direction because he's a gangle. He's a gangle.
1: Yeah, he's a gangle. And he spends a lot of time thinking his thoughts and not paying attention to where his feet are going.
0: Yeah, the story opens with him, his dad taking him to a career fair. He's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to make it on the farm. We need to apprentice you to someone. Yeah. And midnight comes and no one has chosen him because nobody wants him. Mm-hmm. That's That says a lot about the character up front, mm-hmm. I think.
1: But we lose that pretty early on. And he just becomes... Like, uh, he's just the th- the thing that things happen to. See, I
0: think there's just as much character there as with Esk. Esk had kind of a character, but mostly she existed to be the focus of the wizard's staff power and to be the girl that wouldn't get into Unseen University. And there was some character there, but I think he was just as roughly sketched out as she was.
1: I think that there's a little bit more to her. Um, and I think part of it too, is this book is spoken so highly of, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot to like, Sure, uh, but one of the things I love about Terry Pratchett, especially later on is the how vivid the characters are Oh yeah no and that's and, still
0: not here I think for just about anybody yet
1: No then the again the the plot is more cohesive in this than it was in the mm-hmm. first two books like it has a plot Yeah
0: it's not just a parody of other things you've yeah. read there's there's specific things happening
1: But it's uh it it's okay it's not brilliant and the characters are sort of um with a few exceptions the characters are sort of not much
0: I guess I don't know I liked the characters okay mm-hmm. um I do feel like uh, Kaylee, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the, princess the princess who should have been the queen but then had to die, mm-hmm. could have been more of a character. Mm-hmm. Her character kind of just fell off about two-thirds of the way through. Yep. But I always felt like I knew what was going on with Mort. I always more or less felt like I knew what was going on with Isabel. Well, it was a little weak. But...
1: Isabel was kind of a... Like, we met her at in Light Fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and she was sort of like... Ruthless yeah. and kind of cruel and crazy and weird. Yeah, and I was kind of excited because I knew she was going to come back in this book, and I hadn't I haven't read more in years. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, we're going to get to see Isabel again, and I was really uh, curious after what we saw of her in the first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seemed kind of like she was going to be a bit of a nightmare, and I was excited. Yeah. Well, but especially she was...
0: since she's connected to a character we will meet later mm-hmm. who has those qualities, and you assume yeah. that character got them from her.
1: But in this, there's not much to her. Like I, I like she's, um, she's really into romance, and she helps Mort save the assassinated princess. Mm-hmm. Not because she cares one way or another about Mort or justice or right or any of that. She just likes that it's a cool like love story. Yeah, she cares about love because
0: yeah. what happened was death. Like her parents mm-hmm. died, and he felt bad and. Uh, I mean, felt bad, but you know, thought bad is so, yeah, what they say. He, he,
1: he thought bad and thought that a person would help this yeah. girl.
0: Yeah. And so he takes her home mm-hmm. and she's been 16 for, I don't know, 100 years or yeah. whatever it is. And she hasn't lived because time doesn't move there. So she's reading these books of people's lives and all these tragic romances. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally get that. And know. she
1: got to be involved in one. Like she, yeah. she thought, oh goody! I get to be involved in one. Yeah. I liked that about her. But that was that was pretty much it. There was not much else. There going wasn't on there.
0: enough there. You're right. But I think I I felt like there was a little bit more than that. But there there wasn't enough. Yeah, for and, sure.
1: And it felt like there, like he, he Terry Pratchett wanted to make them uh, like Mort and Isabel um like a, a bickering couple who then fell in love
0: there was like a, that was see i feel like he was hanging a lantern on that yeah because there was a scene where they were doing it on mm-hmm. purpose and they were knowingly doing it and when they went someplace that hurt too much mm-hmm. they backed off because they knew they were playing some kind of obligatory game and it wasn't like that was their chemistry it was just like well i guess this is what we're doing now
1: but they start that's how the the, yeah. the that's how the the two characters started out you know not liking each other and then they Then they did that scene and then they came. like after that scene. But that's what I'm saying. In that scene, I think
0: they liked each other fine. I think they just felt like this is what we're supposed to do now.
1: No, that scene they did. It was leading up to that scene Mm -hmm. where there was some actual tension where they didn't really care for each other. And it felt like a better place for the tension to be sort of derived from would have been you've got Isabel who's been sort of learning about death and like. Been his ward Mm -hmm. and then he goes off and picks an apprentice who's not her
0: well like it's what it's very clear that what he wants is to find a boy for her yeah and marry her off yeah exactly and maybe have a regular life and then maybe like what i one uh uh, analysis i read Mm -hmm. was the idea was and i didn't get this completely Mm -hmm. from the text was that death might retire and hand the family business over to Mort, and he can marry Isabel, and that would be that. But, like, because Death doesn't understand what romance mm-hmm. is, he's pushing two dolls together and mm-hmm. waiting for them to kiss, and they don't. And I I got that. I got that Mort's like, what? Rome, what? No. There's a girl here. Does that mean I have to kiss her? I don't understand.
1: No, I, I like that, and I, I felt like it could be read either way, either that mm-hmm. Death... Wanted to retire and bring Mordon yeah. to do that, and especially as the book went on, yeah. even if he didn't intend to retire at first. Once he got a taste of having a day off, yeah, um, he was really into it. Yeah. Uh, even if he couldn't quite enjoy it the way a person might, like a human might, right. He still
0: well there, uh, and there were bits where he did because he got drunk.
1: Yeah. And I think I got the feeling that he enjoyed fly fishing, Mm -hmm. like even though it it didn't exactly turn out, he enjoyed the experience of doing it. Right. So as we went on, it seemed like he was death was more and more excited by the idea of having a break or maybe retiring. But the other way you could read it was very much that he had Isabel and he knows that she shouldn't be living in death's land, Mm -hmm. just doing nothing forever. And she was clearly stagnating. Right. Um, So he wanted to bring someone in. To marry her and take her back to the regular human right. world.
0: Not understanding that they actually have to be in love for that yes. to happen.
1: But Death understands stories too. And so yeah. he's like, aha, yeah. the story of the apprentice lad.
0: Right. And I don't know. I liked that setup because they didn't fall in love for a while. Mm-hmm. And I like that. But I mean, you had a problem with their whole courtship, whereas I kind of liked it.
1: Uh, I feel like. Terry Pratchett is good at so many things. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of characters who are in love later on in his book series that I love them being in love. And I love... There's some great couples. Yeah, there's some really good couples who I super enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of one example of Terry Pratchett's courtships where the the couple is meeting and falling in love that I really, really liked. Uh, There's one that's okay, but nothing that's like... he, He does such... Terry Pratchett's so much of his stuff is the best version of something that I've ever read. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, this is as good right. as I've ever seen. Right. Um, but with courtship stuff, he really—it's—it's it's not his strong suit. Yeah, I—I
0: I, I would agree with that on the whole. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because he writes relationships so well. and He writes oh, characters yeah. so well. It feels like a thing that should not be difficult. But that you're right. I can't think of any like. Like, there are characters, once they get together, they're yes. great. We're talking specifically about, like, the the part where they fall in love, mm-hmm. not the part where they're after they're in love. I'm thinking very specifically of Vimes and Sybil. Yep. Where they're awesome when they're together, but they're, you're right. Corps- met, we talked about this before. Yeah. Their courtship is nothing. Like and they meet and then. Later you, it, you have
1: know. um Moist and Adora Bell, mm-hmm. which is another couple I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but their courtship is it's okay. Yeah. It's not it's but it's not like No, there's
0: no falling in love. It's usually the plot is happening mm-hmm. and also now we're in love. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, basically
1: yeah, yeah. Terry Pratchett says, and now they're in love.
0: There's I mean, every now and then he skips the middle part, which yeah. I actually kind of like. There was a, there was a bit in here where mm-hmm. he Says, uh, and then we skip ahead and Mort is no longer gangly. Mm-hmm. and He's more like a man and he's more imposing mm-hmm. and he's grown into the role. And I kind of like that. We don't have to wait for that to happen. There's no point in that. He actually did some interesting cinematic things.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then there was another one where someone said a line and then someone in another scene said a line and he backed up and said in a movie this would have been a dissolve yes there's some really good fourth wall
1: stuff oh it was that was a that made me laugh pretty hard Mm -hmm. i'd forgotten about that it was really good yeah
0: no there was there was a lot of like the narrative really became like more so than in the previous three books became more of a character and more of kind of a smart ass Mm -hmm. character and that's one of the best things he does and i enjoy that a great deal um my good thing uh, we, we mentioned, we touched on this briefly before the idea of it at Death's House, everyone's life is in a book. And if mm-hmm. you're still alive, it's writing itself. Mm-hmm. You can watch the words appear as things are happening to you, which is a very cool idea. And I'm uh, one of the millions I'm sure he didn't invent, but I still really like it. And in, in line with this fourth wall stuff I'm talking about. Th- if you pay attention to what the books are writing, because there's a couple of times where they're looking yes. directly at the books and seeing what's happening, the books write themselves in Terry Pratchett's prose style. Yes, there's snarky little asides and clever wordplay, and it's not just a s- dry statement of the fact. It's like Terry Pratchett is writing everyone's lives. I love that.
1: And the character, when the characters are reading it, it's mm-hmm. not. It's it's enjoyable for them. Like Isabel. Yes. And Mort and probably Albert go Mm -hmm. and they read these books for pleasure because they're a fun read.
0: Yes, you're reading a story, not Mm -hmm. just an accounting of what happened, but an actual story, which I like. And again, everything on the Discworld works as stories and belief. And that comes up in this because when Kaylee's supposed to be dead, Mm -hmm. the only thing that's like people don't believe she's alive, and so they can't see her. Right. That's a big part of it. It's not just that Mort didn't take her; it's that, and it's not just the time thing, like the time stream supposed to go one way. It's that people don't believe, and so they can't see her. And that's that's always and a that's big part of it.
1: true of a lot of things. Like they um, don't see death and Mort when they're yes. uh, collecting souls because you don't obvious, want to. You don't want to, and obviously there can't be a horse. Right. up on the top of the castle. That that can't happen, so I'm not seeing it.
0: Right, but like at the beginning where uh, Death picks him up from mm-hmm. the uh, the career fair, and it's like he's just a skeleton in a cloak mm-hmm. walking around, and it's, people just can't fit that in their mm-hmm. brains, so they don't. And I like all that. that. And
1: we come back to that quite a bit. Granny yeah. uses a, that a lot in her magic. Yeah, that's actually come yeah. up already. Yeah.
0: That's not even a spoiler. That's something that uh, that was done before. Uh, all the Kaylee stuff was pretty good at the beginning. I like that Mort pines over her and mm-hmm. she has no interest in him whatsoever. And She's got other stuff to do. Yeah. And there's some good stuff about classism mm-hmm. that's very good in there.
1: I also like uh Cutwell quite a lot. Mm-hmm. He's the wizard that uh Kaylee goes to to try and figure out. What the hell's going on mm-hmm. when she doesn't die when she's supposed to die? And Mort goes to him to try and figure out what's uh, happening with him walking through walls and becoming more and more like death. Mm-hmm. And he's um honestly he's kind of like a better version of Rincewind. Yeah, um, I could see that. I didn't
0: I didn't particularly care for him.
1: He's but... a younger wizard, like he's in yeah. his like uh, late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, he kind got of out of
0: university and then just went to be a wizard somewhere else. Yeah.
1: Um. And there's a, there's some good stuff with him. He um he keeps having, and this becomes a runner. He keeps having to crack people over the head with a silver candlestick when they're yeah. She about... hires
0: him to be the royal recognizer. Yes, like the princess exists. Look, look. Yeah.
1: And he does a bunch of stuff to make to put her in people's minds so mm-hmm. that she doesn't fade away. puts up big pictures of her yep. and stuff. It's very good. And when, uh, like I say, when dangerous stuff is starting to happen, yeah, he he'll he keeps knocking people over the head of the candlestick. Mm-hmm. And then something toward then toward the end, death is in a in a duel with Mort to figure out what's going to happen to Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And you in the background, uh, Terry Pratchett says, and then something along the lines of Cutwell. Sort of gingerly, surreptitiously (laughs) fingered his candlestick holder that Uh he started just packing around with him.
0: Uh huh. There's also some good, like, uh, sex stuff about uh, repressed wizards. Yes. That I I liked.
1: I really liked that because every time. Because uh, Cutwell eventually ends up with Kaylee, like they yeah. they hook up at the end, mm-hmm. and every time he sees her, like in a night dress or
0: well, because she needs him there mm-hmm. urgently, and sometimes that means coming up to her chambers while she's putting on a dress mm-hmm. or something. And wizards don't have sex.
1: Yeah, so it, everyone's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, um, and
0: he's just like, oh, I oh, there's only six layers of clothing instead of seven. Like it, it never mm-hmm. turns gross. It's just like, oh, oh man. And I can't do magic for a while now.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. He's like, "Well, I guess I'm not doing any spells this week." Mm-hmm. And then at the end, um, uh, Isabel mentions to Mort, "You notice how Cutwell doesn't do magic anymore." Uh-huh. Uh, uh, uh. Well, and there's
0: a good bit in Mort's ha- like, Mort's very good at sort of trying to analyze things and figure out how they actually work. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where he's like, "And he had heard that 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 drained your essence or something, so he guessed that's where that's where magic came from yeah. or something like that." Like. <laughs> Very heavily implying that Mort thinks magic comes from your penis. Yep. Which is very good. <laughs> but but back to um, the thing with Kaylee that I, mm-hmm. I like too was she just like there was Terry Pratchett will do this thing more and more. He's got this great sense of like what do you call it when you want like to do away with the whole classist idea and. That everyone should be equal and...
1: Revolution.
0: Yeah, but you know what I mean. I think it might actually be called, like, Republicanism, mm-hmm. which, unfortunately, that's not what that means now. Yeah. But, like, I think that's what it's actually called. But um, there's a lot of little bits, like when uh, uh, Death's taking Mort on the rounds for the first time um, and explaining to him that some people can't see him. And uh, and he's like, uh, anyway... If they don't want to see me, they certainly don't want to see you. These are aristocrats, boy. (laughs) And it's nice because like, oh, yeah, he's like poor farm folk. Yep. They don't see him any more than they see death. And there's a lot of stuff like that with Kaylee as well where she just, like, it doesn't, she doesn't know, like, it's her castle, but she doesn't know where any of the food is or where any of the, and there's already that sense of rich people really need to figure things out because why can't, can't you go get they some They can not fend for themselves. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm not explaining it as well as I'd like, but I think you understand what I mean.
1: Uh, and uh she there is a sequence where the maid keeps not seeing her mm-hmm. and Kaylee cannot understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's another sequence where her courtiers are just keep looking away from her mm-hmm. and she's just she can't she can't handle the right. fact that people aren't she's not taking up the whole room.
0: But there's also a good sense of like uh, he explains that she comes from pretty, you know, tough people who like took this land in the first mm-hmm. place. And there's some times where she really toughens up and and just seizes control of the situation because like when she first meets the wizard, yes. she just like she uses her regal tone and she's like, you will help me. And he's like, ah, I will help I will you. I yes, will help yes you. ma'am.
1: And there's very much the feeling that if this had happened to someone with less of a backbone, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to survive not right. dying. Right. Um, like, because the whole the whole uh, crux of the story is that the universe is not cool with this. No. Like, she was supposed to die. Her time had come. Mm-hmm. And she didn't die because Mort didn't take her. Uh, and it's mostly sheer force of will right. that's keeping her like a lot. What
0: what I like though is that he saved her. She knows he saved her. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. And she still doesn't fall in love with him, which is where a lot of stories would go.
1: And they talk about they. Terry Pratchett talks about that at the end, where yeah. he says, um
0: Yeah, Death says, I thought you would have married the princess. Yeah.
1: And then Mort says, Well, we talked about that, but just because you saved doesn't yeah. mean like Yeah, my you're life in is love. not hers.
0: That just means her life is hers. Yeah. Which is, you know, very good. I like that a lot. Um, so my bad thing is there's a whole chunk of the book where he's done this thing and things are going wrong and he knows things are going wrong and he doesn't tell Albert and he doesn't tell death and he doesn't tell Isabel. I don't mind stories where people do stupid things. In fact, I like them. Make foolish mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. That's good narrative. That's good conflict. But I hate stories where people don't communicate. Like when the conflict hangs on the fact that you're too weak to tell someone that can help you orc that can fix it like that's to me that's sloppy writing
1: and i get why mort doesn't tell death yeah because he fouled things up and he doesn't want kaylee to die and if he tells death death's probably just gonna go kill yeah. kaylee and because that's his job yeah
0: exactly but there's a point where he could tell isabel and he tries to tell her and she's not paying attention and then she says what and he says never mind yeah and it's like Oh, that drives me nuts. I hate that in any story ever. Whenever there's like a comedy that hinges all on misunderstandings where it's just like... it Sacre could all bleu. It could all be solved by one person explaining what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, it drives me nuts. You could tell the same exact story. I don't mind all the trappings of it. It's just you could tell the same story and not have that unnecessary dumb conflict. It bugs me. It is always bugged not
1: me. Not much was gained from that a
0: couple of chapters if you well he doesn't write chapters yeah. but you know what I mean it's but, about a hundred pages
1: but not like yeah he I know. could have been working with Isabel or with uh Albert or working against Albert the whole mm-hmm. time like uh, the the conflict was telling death and yeah. so don't tell death because death will want to go kill Kaylee right um but the, nothing was really gained by no. Mort keeping it a secret
0: no it's just kind of irritating yeah um I liked there's because, and we established this in, like, the very first book, death doesn't make a personal appearance for everyone. Right. And Mort, as death doesn't either, it's only important people. That means every time we see him making a call, it's something, like, it's a person who deserves it. It's a witch or a monk or a king. And every one of those scenes I liked a lot.
1: Yes, those are all really good.
0: There's um, There's one where... Uh, we're in uh, the Discworld version of China mm-hmm. where the emperor's going to be poisoned. Yes. But the uh, the emperor knows exactly what's going on. It's the Grand Vizier and somebody at some point says you don't trust Grand Viziers ever.
1: And the emperor didn't.
0: No. There's basically like a tennis match yeah. where he's like, why don't you eat this poison? Well, you know what? Maybe you should eat the poison. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not worthy to eat the poison. Oh, if it's about worthiness, you you taught me. So you should definitely eat the poison. So worthy. And it's still back and forth like that. And then there's another sequence with a monk mm-hmm. who's actually a character that'll come up yep. later, which is great. Uh, and uh, basically, the Discworld's version of Buddhism, where he's going to reincarnate. So he's like, "Oh, it's you again. See you again in a hundred years." Like, which where's
1: where's the regular where's the where's the, where's yeah, the regular? You're guy? not the
0: usual guy. Yeah. I only get a couple of minutes every hundred mm-hmm. years. I want. I had some questions ready. Where where is he? And I I love the idea of reincarnation from that POV. Mm-hmm. Like I've read plenty of stories about reincarnation, but not from the perspective of someone who suddenly remembers where he's been right. and gets to talk to someone about it for a minute. That's very cool. I like that a lot. Um, I think that was there were there were a few other memorable death scenes, but those are the ones those that stuck good out ones. to me.
1: I also like the the one with the emperor and the vizier because <laughs> the emperor was a like a child emperor. Like yeah, he was a, he yeah, was... the, the
0: vizier had killed his dad. And, he and wasn't his grandfather ma- yeah, too probably but he was not going to make that same mistake. Yep. I like that. Um and there's another bit where this isn't while he's on his rounds, but it's another bit where Mort's, um he ends up uh uh running away from some thieves in Ankh-Morpork because he's in Ankh-Morpork. And um uh he ends up accidentally going through the walls and uh popping up on this family. And the the family like he tries to reason with them and they're really irritated. And then he says, I'm a demon. And they're like, oh, a demon. Oh, Come good. on in. Because their belief is like you know, it's, it's Demons are lucky. It's better for if it, yeah, it's better for it to be demon. And I loved that little bit. That was that was very funny to me.
1: There were a bunch of really good scenes in this. Yes. Yeah.
0: There absolutely were. Comedy scenes, but comedy scenes driven by character mm-hmm. versus comedy scenes driven by parody in the first couple of books. Like there's a much more solid sense of I'm basically putting two people in a room and watching the funny things that happen instead of, hey, did you read this book? Well, here's some jokes about wink, it. Wink, wink. And I don't even think it was unfunny before, but this is so much better. I'm I'm much more of a fan of character-driven comedy.
1: And a, a lot of it's pastiche, too, where he's taking a feel or he's taking mm-hmm. a couple of similar sources and making it, like, breathing oh, yeah. some life into it instead of just changing the name slightly and yeah. exaggerating but, it a little
0: bit. But now it's a pastiche of like i'm sure there's specific fantasy mm-hmm. stories here but i it's mostly pastiches of religion and myth and
1: He's going to primary sources. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: which is so much better i think. Um actually the, the on the subject of the primary sources like the way isabel talked to mort near the beginning kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of the princess bride where she's yeah, yeah, treating yeah, yeah. him like crap and i thought Oh, it's probably not a reference to that, because it might not have even been out at that point. We're in the 80s at some point, mm-hmm. so it might not have been out yet. But uh, I figured it was probably a same primary sources thing, and I looked it up, and L-Space says it's actually a reference to Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not a big Dickens guy, but uh, Victorian Really? London you don't You don't is, say? I know. I, I can't imagine. You what... don't say. Yeah, I know.
1: It's never come up before.
0: No, never. Uh, we've never we haven't really talked about Albert yet.
1: Oh yeah, so Albert is Death's manservant, mm-hmm. and throughout the book, uh, but he's, not
0: like a prim and proper butler.
1: No, he's just he's sort of like gruff and yeah, like he, a working yeah. class
0: sort of like I'll do a fry up for you kind of guy.
1: Yeah, and then it turns out that, and this was a pretty good reveal, mm-hmm. um, that he is the founder of the Unseen University. He's yeah, the one first of the great most, wizard. Yeah, like one of the most powerful wizards ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't want to die because mm-hmm. he'd done so much magic and evil that he was pretty sure he was going to get sucked into the dungeon dimension and torn apart by a bunch of demons
0: yeah and he figured out that he had like go to the 90 days 90 left days to live, left and yeah. he's like okay i need to figure this out before my time's up
1: and so he goes to work for death in the land where there's no time well
0: what happens is he um and this was from the very it was like yeah. either the first or the second book where the wizards can, can summon death
1: yeah ash kente
0: right which is a reference to Ash in Kent, apparently. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't care.
1: Sometimes I, when I'm looking for names and stuff, I look around for oh, no, no, things, I'm not, too.
0: I'm not criticizing the name. I'm just saying sometimes it's clever reference, and sometimes it's just what he happened to look over at a map of yeah. England and said, here's two words I can put together. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, but uh, he did the reverse of that. So mm-hmm. instead of summoning death to him, he brought himself to death, which I liked.
1: And death would basically seemed like death. Sort of shrugged and was like, "Okay, I guess this is your job now."
0: Well, it might have been after. Was it after Isabel was there? Because I know time doesn't really work the same way.
1: I don't think so because he was. He's been there for thousands of years.
0: Yeah, but I thought it might be a time doesn't pass the right way thing.
1: I, Jeremy, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I he was there before Isabel. Isabel came okay. along after.
0: Because I don't really see the point of him, unless there's someone for him to help take care of. Death doesn't need someone to cook for him.
1: No, I think death. Well, Death is canonically very lonely. He was probably kind yeah, that's of true. stoked by the idea of having someone around. Yeah. And his loneliness, is that's something that continues coming up and is a reason for a lot of the things he does. Because mm-hmm. he just wants a little company.
0: Well, and it doesn't come up in this book. I guess this is a spoiler if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. But th- later on, Terry Pratchett makes it more clear that because Death is an anthropomorphic like mm-hmm. personification, because... He's formed by humans mm-hmm. believing human beliefs. Mm-hmm. That he takes, like, some of the side effects of that is that he wants human things mm-hmm. because he represents a human idea. He starts to want things and crave things and feel bad and all the things that go along with being human.
1: And uh, as humans' understanding of what death is and mm-hmm. what they think death should be changes, mm-hmm. so changes death.
0: Right. I love the idea that whatever happens to you in the afterlife is what you believe happens
1: yeah whether it's fair or not
0: yeah and mort even points out the the injustice of that he's like so if you're a slave and you believe you belong in hell then that's where you go but if you're a horrible person and think you're going to heaven then that's where you go that's not right (laughs) And it comes up repeatedly. He's like, there's no, and you know, there's bad Mm wordplay. There's no justice. There's just us, which is terrible. But just in time. But yes, he makes a valid point, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, it's not about like, I'm not the guy who makes the judgment in their respective religions. Mm -hmm. There's probably someone like that, but that's not my, my job is to just take them. Yep. That is it.
1: And then he says, well, you know, the the gods are supposed to be fair and magnanimous. That's their job not yeah. mine
0: also no they're not no but but that is what gives us sort of our uh, literal deus ex machina yeah. at the end is everyone gets to live and be happy mm-hmm. because death goes to the gods and says hey come on cut me a break here yeah and, i do this all do. the time and because the gods love love yep they're like no oh, okay whatever there's a bit where he gives um more this, this sort of abstract what, what was it? It's like a... Uh, a pearl. Right. It's a
1: pearl that is formed by... The timelines being all screwy put a lot of pressure on the universe. Mm-hmm. So just like um, an oyster would make a pearl, the universe made this like rift pearl.
0: Right. But it like it also sort of embodies what could be and like, that the sort of thing. The idea is it's
1: also an egg. So if this universe right. ever explodes, right. that would make this egg form a new universe right. which was pretty cool yeah but
0: it also led to what was almost our choice for pun of the book yes. which is it's a future as well as a present
1: yep yeah a wedding present <laughs> It was really good that actually was quite good uh, I liked that. but there was one for um, ble- best pune or play on words mm-hmm. that was even better mm-hmm. um, no that was my runner-up yes
0: but you had already chosen this one and I it, agree this with your one's choice. really good yes
1: um so there uh there. Isabel and Mort are reading Kaylee or talking about Kaylee mm-hmm. and uh Mort's relationship with her. And uh Isabel says, Do you want to find her book and see if she marries you? I've read it, and she's dead, said Mort. But only technically. I mean, n- not not really dead. Good. Otherwise that would be necromancy.
0: Terrible.
1: Uh
0: just terrible. Actually, that's pretty good. I pretty like that. good. Yeah. Also, you're not doing the voice right because uh, Mort has like a West Country accent. I can't do the that. Lord. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to fight crime.
1: <laughs> Mind space.
0: Mm-hmm. There's no justice. I, he's always like, everyone calls him boy and he hates <laughs> that. That's that's the thing I like about yep. it. Is, I have a name.
1: It's Mort. It's yeah. Mort's
0: my name. I like that. But no, uh, Nigel Planer's back doing the, the audio and he yep. gave him a great sort of like, you know, Oh, I don't like to look at these here concentration bamps. <laughs> that, you know. And uh, this is very good, uh, very good reading, I would say. Also, they took the reverb off of Death's voice, which is good. I could not have dealt with a whole book of that. But uh, he's got the voice better. He's also got uh, the, the librarian. Yep, the appears, oops are getting and there. And his ooks are much, much better. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I have a quote, which is actually not like particularly funny or even insightful mm-hmm. i just really it's one of those sort of observational comedy mm-hmm. things that i quite liked which is um when he first brings mort aboard he, he makes him uh shovel out the stables and it's a nice sort of nod to uh Space pointing this out but i i kind of caught on to it myself which is uh like the karate kid or mm-hmm. something like that where it's like you have to do mundane chores to learn some valuable lesson yep.
1: run up and down these stairs
0: right exactly and it's and death says so what what do you think I was teaching you and, and Mort says well maybe it's this maybe it's this or maybe you just had a stable full of shit which I I mm-hmm. like because that's it's also could be a very practical common sense thing you have a real horse that eats real food and poops real poop and someone's got to clean it up oh
1: yeah we didn't talk about uh, Binky oh yes either. the
0: white the white steed known yeah, as so Binky
1: they <laughs> uh, Terry Pratchett talks of like talks about how um death Tried having a bone horse, mm-hmm. but you had to keep stopping and wiring bits back on. Yeah, it's easy for off. death.
0: He just kind of saunters around, but a horse yeah. running at a full gallop keeps falling apart. So
1: he has to keep wiring bits back yeah. on. So having a real horse was just easier.
0: Yeah. But that does mean that Mort has to shovel the stable. Mm-hmm. And there's just a great bit at the beginning where he's like doing the work. And again, it does, it's not really insightful or anything. It just, it made me laugh as sort of a ob- bit of an observational comedy. Um, After a while, he got into the rhythm of it and started playing private little quantity surveying game that everyone plays in these circumstances. Let's see, he thought. I've done nearly a quarter. Let's call it a third. So when I've done (laughs) that corner by the hay rack, it'll be more than half, call it five-eighths, by which means more than three wheelbarrow loads. doesn't prove anything very much, except that the awesome splendor of the universe is much easier to deal with when you think of it as a series of small chunks. And actually, there's a bit of philosophy in that, Mm -hmm. I would say. There's actually a little bit of, like, that is a very discworld pratchettian mm-hmm. way to look at things he's it, it manifests itself as something vimes and granny mm-hmm. both say later which is do the work in front of mm-hmm. you it's a very like when terry pratchett himself was dying mm-hmm. he was still very much i'm angry i'm frustrated i can't deal with this but i'm still doing the work in front of me that's always like a and and it's something that i very much have taken to heart it's yeah things are vast and hard to deal with and hard to to comprehend on the whole, but do that little bit of work. Do five eighths, and then three quarters, and then then you're done.
1: Yeah. Anytime I have a task that seems impossible or unmanageable, I think about cutting the corners. Mm-hmm. Like just okay, I'm going to take a small snip here, and I'll mm-hmm. then the task is still big, but it's slightly smaller. Right. If I snip over here, no, I think everyone then, does. Yeah, because it's the because like he says, sometimes it's the only way. Yeah
0: but it's it's a good like it's I don't know if it's meant to be a philosophical thing or if it's sort of accidentally philosophical, but it's definitely a thing that comes up repeatedly mm-hmm. is the world is hard to hold in your head. you have to deal with tiny little bits of it. I like that a lot uh did you read your your uh, quote? I have
1: not read my quote okay, I will what read you it now yes um this is uh Princess Kaylee's trying to get into Cutwell's tower mm-hmm. and she's talking to his sentient demonic doorknob mm-hmm. a sh- knocker doorknob no a doorknob. it's a door knocker it's, it's a door knocker yes i am princess kay lee heir to the throne of stolat and i don't talk to door furniture well i'm just a door a door knocker and i can talk to whoever i please i just like that
0: yeah no, it's very good. I mean, the, and the dialogue's written as though he's got to knock yeah. a thing in his mouth, which is very hard to convey. Yes, as you're reading it.
1: And but. to to talk to your about your sort of ha ha speech impediment mm. thing, this there this was a short sequence, so it wasn't it like you're was. with the door. And it, on it is funny eye. because
0: yeah, if that thing was alive, yeah. it's got a brass ring in its mouth that you used to knock on the door, and it would be really irritating. <laughs> Also,
1: there's not a bad, dirty joke about it. The door knocker liking to be handled roughly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dirty. Was pretty, also pretty funny. It was
0: also funny because Kaylee knew exactly what it meant and yeah. had to pretend she didn't yep. know what it meant, which added some layers to it. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, oh, this innocent girl just had a dirty joke thrown at her and didn't know what to make of it. No, she knew exactly what to yep. make of it and knew, she, as a princess, she couldn't. Yep. Which was I love not that. even to a door knocker. No, I really like that a lot. And there was there was some implications like not that she had gotten around or anything, but that she knew exactly mm-hmm. like I like that because she's only supposed to be 16 or whatever. Yeah. But the idea was that she's not completely ivory tower like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, ignorant of things. She she has a pretty good idea of what goes on, which I liked. Uh, any other final thoughts? Any Anything we didn't cover? I pretty much hit all my things.
1: That's pretty much, that's all my, that's all my salient mm-hmm. points.
0: All right. Well, the cliche count. Um, we don't have quite as many gingerlies as last God, time, but still quite They were still all quite bunched
1: up, though. It was they all, because at, at first I was like, oh, gingerly doesn't make too many appearance, but no, and then holy hell, at the end, it was just gingerly, gingerly, gingerly.
0: Five of them.
1: Like, in like one chapter, yeah. it felt like. Not chapter, but Well, he section. doesn't do chapters,
0: yeah. which makes it difficult to, you yeah. know, but break it, it up all into Chunks, in the last hunk. Yeah. No, a lot of ginger leaves. Uh, only two surreptitious, though. Mm-hmm. And the others haven't made a showing yet. Trust us, though. They will. They will. Yep. Uh, so that's all for this time. As we mentioned, next time is uh, book five, Sorcery. Neither of us remembers very much about that, and I don't think that's a good sign. No, I... The fact that there like was say, nothing memorable that sticks in our heads. I everything
1: like, I thought I liked about it was in equal rights.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Maybe we're wrong. Could be. It's back to Rincewind, though, who is not our favorite character.
1: Nah, he's all right.
0: But I believe, well, I'm not sure. I don't have the book list in yeah. front of me. But I mean, coming up soon, we have uh, uh, the, all of the witches, yeah. like Granny Weatherwax and the other witches. Uh, Small Gods is not yeah. too far off. The First Guards book is not too far off. So we got a lot of really great yeah. ones coming up, which is good. We also have Pyramids, which I like and you don't love. But, Do uh, not
1: love. Oh, we need to give this a, a, a grade.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, we do. That is a thing the, I forget the... to do.
1: <laughs> we need to put that in the notes or something. Yeah,
0: absolutely we do. Uh, okay. Well, what would you give it?
1: C plus. It's fine. Okay. Didn't I... regret reading it.
0: i give it a B minus. A little bit better than you, but, yeah. not, you know, still, like, as Discworld goes, there is there is much better to be yeah. had. All right. Well, this has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcasts.com.